Chapter Seven of Aunt Jane's Nieces on Vacation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Aunt Jane's Nieces on Vacation by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Seven the sketch artist during the next three days so many things happened at millville that the natives were in a panic of excitement not only was electricity brought from the paper mill but a telegraph wire was run from chazy junction to bob west's former storage shed and a telephone gang came along and placed a private wire with long-distance connections in the new newspaper office the office itself became transformed as full o winders as a hothouse exclaimed peggy mcnutt with bulging eyes and neat partitions were placed for the offices there was no longer any secret as to the plans of the nabobs it was generally understood that those terribly aggressive girls were going to inflict a daily paper on the community some were glad and some rebelled but all were excited a perpetual meeting was held at Cotting's store to discuss developments, for something startling occurred every few minutes. "'It's an outrage, this thing,' commented young Skim Clark despondently. "'They're trying to run Mother out of business, and she a widder with me to look after. Most of the business at the Emporium is done in newspapers and magazines and sich, so these gals thought they could undertake the business away from her.' can't the widder clark sell the new paper then asked the blacksmith i don't know hadn't thought of that said skim but the price is to be just one cent and we've been gettin five cents for all the outside papers where's the profit comin from on one cent i'd like to know why we make two or three cents on all the five cent papers as for that remarked the druggist we'll get a cheap paper if it's any good and that's something to be thankful for twon't be any good asserted skim ma says so but no one except mcnutt was prepared to agree with his prediction the extensive plans and preparation seemed to indicate that the new paper would be fully equal to the requirements of the populace on monday when the news spread that two big freight cars had arrived at the junction and nick thorne began working three teams to haul the outfit to millville the rest of the town abandoned all business other than watching the arrival of the drays workmen and machinists arrived from the city and began unpacking and setting up the presses type cases and all other paraphernalia every motion being watched by eager faces that lined the windows these workmen were lodged at the hotel which had never entertained so many guests at one time in all its past history the three girls even more excited and full of awe than the townspeople were at the office early and late, taking note of everything installed, and getting by degrees a fair idea of the extent of their new plaything. "'It almost takes my breath away, Uncle,' said Patsy. "'You've given the Tribune such a splendid start that we must hustle to make good and prove we are worthy your generosity.' "'I sat up last night and wrote a poem for the first page of the first number,' announced Louise earnestly. "'Poems don't go on the first page.' observed patsy but they're needed to fill in with what's it about dear it's called ode to a mignonette answered louise 
it begins this way we brown blossom humble and sweet content on my bosom lying who would guess from your quiet dress the beauty there is lying under the rust hmm said patsy i don't see as there's any beauty under the rust at all there's no beauty about a mignonette anyway suspected or unsuspected uh, she means fragrance suggested beth change it to the fragrance there is lying under the rust that'll fix it all right louise it doesn't seem right even then remarked uncle john if the fragrance lies under the rust it can't be smelt can it i did not anticipate all this criticism said louise with an air of injured dignity none of the big publishing houses that returned my poems ever said anything mean about them they merely said they were not available however as this poem has not made a hit with the managing editor i'll tear it up and write another oh, don't do that begged patsy save it for emergencies we've got to fill twenty-four columns every day remember by wednesday night the equipment was fully installed and the workmen departed leaving only jim mcgaffey an experienced pressman in lawrence doan familiarly called larry who was to attend to the electrotyping and make-up the press was of the most modern construction and folded cut and counted the papers automatically with a capacity for printing three thousand copies an hour and at that rate observed patsy it will run off our regular edition in eight minutes aside from the newspaper press there were two job presses and an assortment of type for printing anything that might be required from a calling card to a circus poster a third man who came from the city thursday morning was to take charge of the job printing and assist in the newspaper work three girls also arrived pale-faced sad-eyed creatures who were expert typesetters uncle john arranged with mrs kebble the landlady at the hotel to board all the help at moderate charge it had been decided after much consultation to make the tribune a morning paper at first it was feared this would result in keeping the girls up nights but it was finally arranged that all the copy they furnished would be turned in by nine o'clock and miss briggs the telegraph editor would attend to anything further that came in over the wires the advantages of a morning edition were obvious you have all day to distribute a morning paper arthur pointed out whereas an evening paper couldn't get to your scattered subscribers until the next morning miss briggs upon whom they were to rely so greatly proved to be a woman of tremendous energy and undoubted ability she was thirty-five years of age and had been engaged in newspaper work ever since she was eighteen bright and cheerful of even temper and shrewd comprehension miss briggs listened to the eager explanations of the three girls who had undertaken this queer venture and assured them she would assist in making a newspaper that would be a credit to them all she understood clearly the conditions that inexperience was backed by ample capital and unpractical ideas by unlimited enthusiasm this job may not last long she told herself but while it does it will be mighty amusing i shall enjoy these weeks in a quiet country town after the bustle of the big city so here were seven regular employees of the millville daily tribune already secured and the eighth was surely to appear preparations were well under way for a first edition on the fourth of july and the office was beginning to hum with work when one afternoon a girl strolled in and asked in a tired voice for the managing editor she was admitted to patsy's private room where beth and louise were also sitting and they looked upon their visitor in undisguised astonishment 
she was young perhaps not over twenty years of age her face bore marks of considerable dissipation and there was a broad scar underneath her right eye her hair was thin straggling and tow-coloured her eyes large deep-set and of a faded blue the girl's dress was as queer and untidy as her personal appearance for she wore a brown tailored coat a short skirt and long buttoned leggings a round cap of the same material as her dress was set jauntily on the back of her head and over her shoulder was slung a fiat satchel of worn leather there was little that was feminine and less that was attractive about the young woman and patsy eyed her with distinct disfavor tommy sent me here said the newcomer sinking wearily into a chair i'm hired for a month on good behavior with a chance to stay on if i conduct myself in a ladylike manner i've been working on the herald you know but there was no end of a row last week and they fired me bodily any booze for sale in this town it is a temperance community answered patsy stiffly hooray for me <laughs> there's a chance i'll keep sober in that case you've acquired the best sketch artist in america oh are you the artist then asked patsy with doubtful intonation i don't like the word i'm not a real artist just a cartoonist and newspaper hack say it's funny to see me in this jungle isn't it what joy i'll have in astonishing the natives i suppose a picture's a picture to them an art an impenetrable mystery what sort of stuff do you want me to turn out i i'm not sure you'll do said miss doyle desperately i we uh, that is uh, we are three quite respectable young women who have undertaken to edit the millville daily tribune and the people we have secured to assist us are all all quite desirable in their way so uh, uh, so well, that's all right remarked the artist composedly i don't know that i blame you i can see very well the atmosphere is not my atmosphere when is the next train back to new york at four o'clock i believe i'll engage a nice upholstered seat in the smoking car but i have several hours to loaf and loafing is my best stunt isn't that a queer start for girls like you looking around the den critically i wonder how you got the bug and what'll come of it it's so funny to see a newspaper office where everything is brand new and eminently respectable do you mind my lighting a cigarette this sort of a deal is quite interesting to an old-timer like me but perhaps i owe you an apology for intruding i had a letter from tommy and one from a big banker marvin i guess his name is she drew two letters from her satchel and tossed them on the desk before patsy they're no good to me now she added where's your wastebasket the managing editor feeling embarrassed by the presence of the artist opened the letters the first was from mr marvin uncle john's banker saying after much negotiation i have secured for you the best newspaper illustrator in new york and a girl too which is an added satisfaction for months i have admired the cartoons signed het in the new york papers for they were essentially clever and droll miss hewitt is highly recommended but like most successful artists is not always to be relied upon i'm told if you can manage to win her confidence she will be very loyal to you the other letter was from the editor of a great new york journal in giving you hetty he said i am parting with one of our strongest attractions but in this big city the poor girl is rapidly drifting to perdition and i want to save her if possible before it is too late she has a sweet lovable nature a generous heart and a keen intellect but these have been so degraded by drink and dissipation that you may not readily discover them 
my idea is that in a country town away from all disreputable companionship the child may find herself and come to her own again be patient with her and help her all you can her wonderful talent will well repay you even if you are not interested in saving one of god's creatures silently patsy passed the letters to beth and louise after reading them there was a new expression on the faces they turned toward hetty hewitt forgive me said patsy abruptly i i think i misjudged you i was wrong in saying what i did no you were quite right she sat with downcast eyes a moment musing deeply then she looked up with a smile that quite glorified her wan face i'd like to stay you know she said humbly i'm facing a crisis just now and on the whole i'd rather straighten up if you feel like giving me a chance i i'd like to see if i have any reserve force or whether the decency in me has all evaporated we'll try you and i'm sure you have lots of reserve force hetty cried patsy jumping up impulsively to take the artist's soiled thin hand in her own come with me to the hotel and i'll get you a room where is your baggage didn't bring it i wasn't sure i'd like the country or that you'd care to trust me in new york they know me for what i'm worth and i get lots of work and good advice mixed with curses we'll send for your trunk said patsy leading the girl up the street no it's in hock but i won't need it with no booze to buy i can invest my earnings in wearing apparel what a picturesque place this is way back in the primitive no hint of those namby-pamby green meadows and set rows of shade trees that make most country towns detestable rocks and boulders boulders and rocks and the straggly pines for background the wee brook has gone crazy what do you call it little bill creek i'm going to stab it with my pencil where it bumps the rocks it's obstinate and pig-headed where it leaps the little shelves of slate it's merry and playful where it sweeps silently between the curving banks it is sulky and resentful the little bill has moods bless its heart moods betoken character patsy secured for hetty a pleasant room facing the creek where will you work at the office or here she asked in the open i guess i'll run over the telegraph news to get a subject for the day's cartoon and then take to the woods let me know what other pictures you want and i'll do em on the run i'm a beast to work arthur weldon in his capacity as advertising manager wrote to all the national advertisers asking their patronage for the millville daily tribune the letters were typewritten by the office stenographer on newly printed letterheads that fitzgerald the job printer had prepared some of the advertisers were interested enough in arthur's novel proposition to reply with questions as to the circulation of the new paper where it was distributed and the advertising rates the voting man answered frankly that they had twenty-seven subscribers already and were going to distribute four hundred free copies every day for a time as samples with the hope of increasing the subscription list i am not sure you will derive any benefit at all from advertising in our paper he added but we would like to have you try it and you can pay us whatever you consider the results warrant to his astonishment the advertisements arrived a great many from very prominent firms who accepted his proposal with amusement at his originality and a desire to help the new venture along our square statement of facts has given us a good start he told the girls i'm really amazed at our success and it's up to you to make a paper that will circulate and make trade for these trustful advertisers with the local merchants the results were less satisfying bob west put in a card advertising his hardware business 
and nib corkins cautiously invested a half dollar to promote his drug store and stock of tarnished cheap jewelry but sam cotting said everybody knew what he had for sale and advertising wouldn't help him any arthur drove down to huntington with louise and while the society editor picked up items her husband interviewed the merchants the huntington people were more interested in the new paper than the millville folk and arthur quoted such low prices that several advertisements were secured two bright boys of this thriving village were also employed to ride over to millville each morning get a supply of tribunes and distribute a sample copy to every house in the neighborhood fitz set up the ads in impressive type and the columns of the first edition began to fill up days before the fourth of july arrived louise had a story and two poems set in type and read over the proofs dozens of times with much pride and satisfaction while beth prepared an article on the history of baseball and the probable future of our national game they did not see much of their artist during the first days following her arrival but one afternoon she brought patsy a sketch and asked who is this patsy glanced at it and laughed gleefully it was peggy mcnutt the fish-eyed poobah of millville who was represented sitting on his front porch engaged in painting his wooden foot this was one of mcnutt's recognized amusements he kept a supply of paints of many colors and every few days appeared with his rudely carved wooden foot glistening with a new coat of paint and elaborately striped sometimes it would be blue with yellow stripes then green with red stripes and anon a lovely pink decorated with purple one drawback to peggy's delight in these transformations was the fact that it took the paint a night and a day to dry thoroughly and during this period of waiting he would sit upon his porch with the wooden foot tenderly resting upon the rail a helpless prisoner some folks he would say likes pretty neckties and some wears fancy socks but for me part i'd rather show a handsome foot nor anything it don't cost as much as wearin socks and neckties and it's more artistic like hetty had caught the village character in the act of striping the wooden foot and his expression of intense interest in the operation was so original and the likeness so perfect from the string suspenders and flannel shirt to the antiquated straw hats and faded and patched overalls that no one would be likely to mistake the subject the sketch was entitled the village artist and patsy declared they would run it on an inside page just to make the millville people aware of the power of the press larry made an etching of it and mounted the plate for a double column picture the original sketch patsy decided to have framed and to hang it in her office end of chapter seven recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida